Did I ever tell you the story of how our GGEDU co-founder received his first camera? He was on an archaeological dig in Dubai back in 1989 when he uncovered a sealed tomb. This is a true story. He was afraid to open the tomb for fear. I'm serious now. For fear of being cursed. They, uh, they never did find the bodies. Welcome to the IGGEDU podcast where Rob and Gary travel to conventions and cherry-pick the best photographers at the event. Season 5 of the RGGEDU podcast is brought to you by MeVideo, who starts each day with one simple goal, to create really well-made, easy-to-use travel tripods in a range of sizes and materials for today's on-the-go photographers. MePhoto. Travel light. Set up fast. Have fun. Be brilliant. In this episode, we are joined with Maurice Yager with the soft J. The soft J. Uh, Yager. Do you go yagging? <laughs> oh, oh my God. That's <laughs> how question is that? that? <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'll, I'll apologize now. Yeah, but, yeah. That's yeah. where this is going. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sets the tone right off the bat. Yeah, it's, it, it goes downhill from But it here, is a buddy, valid so. question. <laughs> it's about questions. So do you go not, jogging? <laughs> it's jogging. Do you go jogging? Let's do this entire no, no. podcast with soft J's. All right? Soft J's from here on out. But no, Maurice, you've been a good friend of ours now for a while. And do you call yourself a headshot photographer? Yeah. And you're part of the headshot crew. That's correct. You kind of run, you kind of run that stuff over there. One of the generals. Do you guys have, does Peter give you guys uh, rankings? We we do have rankings, but there's no like military based kind of thing. So what what is your ranking or title? Uh, I'm a mentor within the headshot crew. Mentor. So what does that mean? Are you the head mentor? Um, Lead mentor. The mentor. I don't know. Like on the site, my badge is called the deputy because I like the second. Behind he's, Peter, in so, a way. So wait, he's the sheriff. So you know. it's Peter and then you. <laughs> wait, so it's not military, but it's damn close. Yeah, yeah well. The behind the man. Yeah. So, yeah, and the mentors are more or less like uh, photographers who have a portfolio up to snuff. And I have also something to offer for our uh, members. Yeah. So that are people who are like have a background in another job or have some have some really good business ideas or like they are really good in lighting and they help us uh, basically teach. So there might be three or four people listening who don't know what the headshot crew is. Give give them a little rundown on what the headshot crew is and what you guys do. Okay, um, so Peter Hurley came up with the headshot crew. Um, I think like seven years ago. And what it is, is um, it's a coaching and referral platform for headshot and portrait photographers. So we have a whole lot of videos, content online. Uh, we have live streams uh, three times a week, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, uh, where we talk portfolios, we, talk, we do Q&As, we have a guest on the show that talk about what they're doing. We recently had the Capture One uh, uh, David uh, explaining the workflow and how mm-hmm. to get better with that. Um, it's it's a community. Like even at Photo Plus here in New York, it's, there's like a whole group of people who fly in all over the U.S. and just being all friends and like hang together and try to like make their work better and also refer work to each other. So it's a really community-based 
yes. um, organization. How many people are in the headshot group? Um, our member base is about 13,500 people. Damn. Yeah. Yep. 13,500 people. I mean, that's 13,500 people that are creating really well-lit, well-composed headshots, which didn't really exist exists. before. Since Peter really you know, published that very first tutorial with the F-stoppers, there wasn't anything like it. People didn't really know how to do it and really kind of created a style that you know creates beautiful headshots for people and it's a it's really a flawless technique yeah yeah it works and we don't try to like create 13,000 mini peters but so every (laughs) (laughs) so that's like that's what we get a lot like do i have to shoot white backgrounds do i have all this like create recreate his work and that's not necessarily the thing it's more the approach and the thought process of how to get expressions and how to get all that going and like if you shoot a pretty person and your lighting's up to snuff that doesn't really mean it's a good headshot if if it's about, the, it's about the direction more yeah. than the technology behind it or the technological approach to yeah. it. Yeah, it adds up to it. But if your direction is not good, then you're not going to have a proper shot. 13,000 Mini Peters all saying, shebang. Yeah, we don't need that in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we have that on, on tape. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, but The so, unique thing about Peter, other than like really knowing and understanding lighting, is... His ability to like make you laugh, make you think about other things, and direct you. Yeah. How has your direction gotten better from from Peter? And how do how, how does your headshot, uh, I guess, session go? Um, like I've I've been working with Peter for five years now. So when I started, I was like basically shooting anything, and I was I found Peter on uh, YouTube when he did a talk at the Google conference. Mm-hmm. And I had like zero game. Like I know how to talk, and I was like, I, I, I'm, I can talk pretty well and easy. Well, that's questionable, but okay. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll leave that up to the listener then, I guess. But I just, I didn't know what to do, and he really like calls it down to like very simple steps and a thought process and watch clothing, expression, hair, like everything. And in the last five years, that got me to being probably one of the best headshot photographers in Europe. So it's been a good ride and it's a learning process. And I don't know, every time I hear him talk, I get something new out of it. Like there's always like little snippets of information that you heard a million times before, but it never really registered or because your own level of experience and expertise is better now, you can add that on top of what you already have and incorporate that in your workflow. Do you shoot exclusively headshots? Is your entire business headshots? Yeah, I'm 95% headshots, so it's predominantly headshots. And you can make a good living doing this? Yeah. How many headshots do you have to shoot a week for it to be worth your while? What's your goal? Or what would be too much, too? I usually shoot four people a day. Oh, wow. So I have... I have more time slots, but when people book and I have four, I shut basically my schedule down and I don't need a fifth and a sixth because it's a high energy thing. Like you're bouncing around the studio for an hour and if I'm shooting seven people a day and I have somebody come in at seven at night and I'm exhausted, then I don't give them the experience that I gave to the person that came in first. And I think that's very important for a photographer or for business in general, that everybody gets like the more or less the same treatment. And that's not possible if you're like exhausted by so many people. It is with drugs. 
You could you could start doing drugs and then just I don't know. No. That has that has other implications. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other side effects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what makes what makes Peter tick? What, what what is it about him that has made this completely changed the world of headshots that you've been able to incorporate in your life that has changed the way you work? Um, I think with Peter, it's all about the expression in this in the work, and I think uh, a lot of photographers should focus on that more, mm-hmm. I think. Like, when somebody teaches photography, it's either lighting or retouching or, like, all that kind of stuff. And he's fairly unique in the coaching the subject in front of the camera, especially with a headshot when the expression is, like, 80% of the shot. And what I think that makes him, like, a good guy to do that is because he generally cares that people start making money with headshots and get good at it, and he's, he's passionate about it, too. So he gives people a whole lot of crap if they have talent but don't put in the work. Or, he, you know, he tries to, like, fire up and get people going, and I think that makes him, like, a good person to do this kind of teaching. What were you doing before the Headshot Crew? Before you got involved with Peter, what, what was your life like? Um, like, I grew up being a, a, a soccer player. I was really good at it. And I was professionally, I was, like, with a team, and I was, like, that was, like, my life. Like, wake up, go to school, go to the club, go to sleep, go to school. Like, that was the routine. And that kind of got abruptly ended when I didn't watch the road very well, and I got hit by a car, and my knees were smashed, and that was a liability thing. So they were like, no, you're not going to recover from this, so you're out. Seriously. And then um, I was like, what do I got to do? So I found that I really find it interesting to figure out what big people tick. So I was, I was looking, okay, what, what can I do? And I got into marketing, and I got my degree in that. And I was, I don't know, just replied on job offers, and I got, into, I got the opportunity to start in a really good com- uh, company. And I basically built, the, climbed the ladder mm-hmm. and ended up being CMO at a couple of companies at like age 27. Wow. And I did a lot of free, freelance gigs after that. And at some point I was just done with it and like all the corporate nonsense. Yes. Yeah. And that's when I was building my photography business. And I did like, like 50-50 building my business, doing the marketing thing. And at some point, I just like, okay, my business is flourishing enough, so I'll just stop doing that and go full-time pro. What were you shooting in those early years, in those early days? Um, I shot a lot of concerts. I shot, like, events, that kind of thing. Right. And when I picked up the camera first, I shot everything that moved or not. So that, like, you, that's probably what everybody does. They start pointing their camera at random stuff and hope it looks good. <laughs> Spray and pray. Yeah, and... Uh, then I got into concerts, and I, I don't know, I shot, like, all these big events and, I don't know, Jay-Z concerts and stuff like that. And that, then I learned, like, okay, my picture is only... That's, like, a certain valid period. Like, the guy shows up in the next concert, and then they're going to use those shots and not my shots anymore. So at least that's what I felt. So I thought, okay, I've got to figure out something to shoot that brings more value in my work. And that's when the whole headshot... Thing came on my path, and I really liked what it was, what it, what it looked like, and how the approach was. 
But then I had to figure out, okay, headshots is not even a term in Dutch. Like, yeah. And if you Google headshots in the Netherlands, you get that call of duty. So, <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So there was like nothing. So I had to really like build the whole market. And now we have another associate in the Netherlands from the headshot crew that can help me do that. And I pr basically created a market and a business out of like thin air. And that's been very well for so me. This is, this is where your marketing background as a chief marketing officer really kicked in. You, were able to, you had that background and said, yeah. okay, I can assess the market. I know what's missing. How'd you go about building that? Um, I stressed, I, I was looking at, okay, people are using these pictures, but they, um, they, they were using these pictures and they just uh, used whatever they have, like selfies and all that kind of stuff. And at, I was lucky enough that at the same time, LinkedIn was starting to become a mm -hmm. bigger thing and they were getting more traction. So I jumped on that bandwagon, if you will, and I basically create write the LinkedIn wave and started right. to make myself as the LinkedIn profile picture photographer because that resonated with the people that needed my work but didn't call it headshots right. so that's how I uh, got that whole thing more or less going if you're shooting four headshots a day are you doing that every day five days a week uh, how, many, how many days a week are you working um, usually five sometimes six Oh, really? Sometimes I shoot Saturday mornings. If I'm shooting freelancers and they work on a contract and they get paid by the hour and they earn big, then they don't get paid and they have to pay me. So I'm pretty much twice as expensive. So sometimes I just open up my studio on Saturday so they can work their routine during the week and show up on Saturday and I'll help them out with a headshot and they pay me then. Right on. So that's like... When you, when you have the demand to be able to book every day of the week, do you find it hard to not book on Saturdays and Sundays and, and carve out time for you personally? I don't mind not shooting, but um, I like what I do. I'm passionate about my work. Uh, but sometimes I'm just like, I don't know, I go someplace and I just block my schedule and I'm out for a little while. Like in New York, I'm not shooting. Yeah. So I'm perfectly fine doing that for a, a while. But I'm flying back on Sunday and Monday I'm not doing anything because of the jet lag, but Thursday, Tuesday morning, that first time is like first off the bat, just straight at it, and right. I think I have like immediate, like four bookings that day already. So, I'm, how far out do people? How far in advance do people book in this business? So, are, are you booked out for three or four weeks in advance, or do do they trickle in? It kind of depends. Sometimes someone is in a rush, and he's like, "I'm, I've just got." fired i need to like up my <laughs> up my game and like I, I gotta get it going do you have time today and use this like no or like okay can you do 9 p.m or it's like something like really end of the day and i'll try and smush them in but usually it's like maybe two weeks in advance sometimes three like now i have bookings until probably three weeks in advance so getting fired can be good for your business, actually. It can help you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Other people, get, yeah. Other people getting fired. That yeah, not, yeah. I know. try not to promote it, but <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> Have you been fired recently? Come get a new headshot yeah. with Maurice. I yeah. could actually run a Facebook ad against that. <laughs> you totally yeah. could. So, yeah, so, so, speaking just, of, sorry, so speaking of ads and keywords and, and you know, research online with search, could you keyword, like, I just got fired, now what? And then, like, boom, Maurice 
Murray's new headshot. You just got right. I think I could. Thought, yeah. Have you thought about that? It could be great. He's thinking yeah, about it right now. Uh, what yeah, what yeah. do people Google search when they get after they get fired? Who knows? Uh, yeah. yeah. I've got to look into that. that yeah. We come up with new that stuff could, that could like right now. That's a gold mine. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us. It's, it's already <laughs> educational. So how has working as a CMO really helped your ability to market yourself? So what is your marketing strategy? Um, being a CMO and marketing myself, I think I know a lot about uh, product development and how to build a business that kind of helped me. I kind of had to get used to not selling a product but selling me, which is kind of weird if you'd never done that before. Um, so I, I, I got all the, like, I, the information about uh, how to set up products, how to do all the social, the, C, the SEO, all that kind of, because I worked at tech companies a lot, so that's more or less the background. And then um, I think it helps that I know, I, like I'm, I have the general interest to figure out what people think they need in life and then create something around that so that you fill a need more or less. People don't buy something because they want it usually, because, but because they have a problem and they search for a solution. And because there was no product, I had to create a problem first and then offer the solution. Really? So how did you create that problem? What, what was your approach or language? I, uh, what I did is I reached out to a lot of people that I knew from my past career. And I, what I did, those people have like CMO jobs and CEO jobs and all that stuff too. And I reached out to them like, hey, we've been working together over the last five years. Um, I'm starting this business. You've probably never heard of the product, but come in. I'll show you what I do. If you like it, send your friends. And, right. and so that got a little bit of like, people momentum. got an understanding and I built some momentum. And like I sent an email to 20 people and like 15 responded and I shot five, oh, I shot these 15 and from the 15 they brought me 50 more people, like three each or two, like something right. on that. And that kind of got it going and people started posting that and other people started questioning, like, hey, what's this? This looks way better than cutting your wife off the wedding photo and post that on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you yeah. know, that, because that yeah. was what people were doing. Like I shot like all sorts of businesses and people with all sorts of jobs and sometimes people who work in construction, they have like profile pictures with a suit and a tie because they think that's what that's they need. Yeah, yeah, that's like, that's businessy and LinkedIn is business and let's do that. And it doesn't look like them. They don't never wear a suit and the only time they wore it was on their wedding day. So they used that picture. And then I started in more educating people, okay, about um, being approachable and what that does and uh, like just showing my work more basically. And people like that. What, what's the, um, the atmosphere like in Europe for this work? I mean, are you working only locally, or do you, are you traveling or having people come to you from around Europe to, to work with you? Um, I travel. Mm-hmm. I cover pretty much the most western part of Europe. Um, but I have people travel to me, too. Like the client that lives the furthest from my studio had an 11-hour car ride. Wow, seriously? Yeah. That's impressive. He did that in two stints, and he stayed halfway with a friend or something. It took him like two days to get to the studio, and I shot him for like an hour. And that was it. That was it, and then he had to go back. That speaks to the power of uh, how good your work is. 
I guess it yeah, does. It, does. it was very compliment. But I have I shoot people from the European Union. They work in Brussels, which is a two and a half, three hour car ride, and they just show up with their driver, and they've been working in the back seat, and then. They get in my studio. I shoot them. Then they go back and they do their work again. And I don't know. I get like people all over the place. And I think I probably think seventy percent of my clients is not local. Wow, that's good. Are you worried at all with how good camera phones are getting? No. Do you think that'll cut into your business at all? No. The the quality of the shot technically doesn't say anything of the ability to create a connection between the person in the image and the person looking at the shot. Like a lot of people try and make selfies and they never really look good and they need to shoot like 172 to get like two pictures that are remotely acceptable. And then the quality does come into play. And then like good lighting and a camera is going to beat that. And the small camera flash is not going to hack that. Yeah. So let's talk about lighting. How has your lighting changed throughout the years? And what are you using now? Uh, I now shoot a Peter Hurley Flex Kit by Westcott. Uh, before that, I shot like off-brand, very cheap flashes with one by three strip boxes and one by one softbox for fill. But those lights were not very good. And before that, I shot speed lights. I did huge corporate jobs with speed lights and the same uh, softboxes. But I was so tired of charging the batteries all the time. Then I went to studio strobes, and those were not very well either. And then I basically decided, okay, let's go all in, because I already was doing, getting business, and this was like my, the tools that I need. So then I invested in a good kit that I work with continuously. Why were studio strobes not working? Like the, the brand was just oh, it was, not it was very brand, well. Yeah. And the problem with a studio strobe is that you got to crank up the model light to get the pupils smaller because I want to see as much from the color in the eyes as possible. Mm-hmm. And the eyes do not respond fast enough on the flash. So you got to work the modeling light to tone the pupils down. Oh, wow. And I never thought of that. I never would have thought of that. And yeah. with continuous light, you don't have the problem because they're looking at a bright light source all the time. So the pupil is very small. And a guy with blue eyes, the eyes look actually blue. And if you're shooting a strobe in a dark room, the eyes look black because they're wide open. Yeah. That is a great little tip. I mean, honestly, I never. Just the tip from Maurice. (laughs) Can we go with that? Oh, yeah, sure. We can go with that. Did we cut that out? No, we'll go with that. No, we'll go with that. It's it's in there. Yeah, that's good. Because we don't cut anything out. Nah, not really. Whatever happens, happens. Right? No cutting. What happens in New York stays in New York. Is that how what, it happen, goes? what happens on this recording is always on this recording. That's true. Because it's, it's science. It's just science. Right? Where are you going with this? Are you having I don't a know. moment? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening. I don't know. He's dead quiet and staring at me. Like, Rob, oh just, Rob and I just had a stare down. Yeah, it, was it was awesome. It's just it was, science. It was awkward and you... You guys probably didn't know what was going to go on next. No, I was like, where is Gary going with this? I'm just going to stare at Nobody him for knows. a second. And then I broke because I couldn't. I, I, had to, I had to converse. I couldn't stay quiet. I totally get that. I have to do the same thing, I guess. <laughs> All right. So what do, you, what do you do at these conventions? How do you use these conventions to help your business? Um, for me, uh, we're trying to build a headshot crew, obviously. Uh, because it's an online platform, we want to give it a face and meet people and 
like shake hands and like tell people what we're about. It's also very important to network with other businesses for us to uh, create the ability for our members to get benefits uh, on deals. So we have a perks session on our site where our members get discounted at Apple or at Westcott or like there's like a ton of it on it. And we continuously work on to improve that and create value for our member base. And personally, I'm endorsed by a couple brands, and I'm just like I have to show up at a booth or do a live stream or do that kind of thing. And the a trade show is the best way to have the most people like in the same spot. So that's very like that's just convenient, actually. So you're the deputy. Yeah. How much how much involvement do you have with Peter and the way he's running the company and? I mean, I, obviously you're doing all your own headshots, but you do a ton for the headshot crew. How how's your time divided? Um, I think it's like seventy thirty seventy percent my own business and thirty percent headshot crew, uh, which still puts it at like probably like twenty hours a week. Um, what I do is I run a couple competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, we do headshot of the week for one, and like all that kind of stuff. We do I, I create all the content and newsletters and uh, I run the Facebook ads and the promos and all the social stuff and I'm uh, constantly trying to find like a way to improve the community and keep the people happy within the community. I'll pretty much try and get as much of, plate as, of Peter's plate as, he can, as I can so that he can focus on being the face of the headshot crew and creating content and doing what he likes doing best. Which is sailing. Let's face it. He wants to sail. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't yeah. want to work. He wants you to do all the work so he can go sailing. Yeah. That's... Are, are you the only deputy? Uh, yeah. Have you ever shot the sheriff? No, I did not. <laughs> you haven't? You haven't, no. you haven't photographed Peter? Are there junior no. deputies? Like how, how, how far does this hierarchy go? Um, we have... We have I can explain... All the memberships, is n- levels, is not that many. If you sign up, you're a protege, then you're in the coaching program, then you have access to all the content that we offer. And you can like get into the forum, start shooting, get feedback on your work, and enter all the competitions that we offer and watch the videos and the live streams. Uh, after f- being three months in the crew, you can apply for uh, to get personalized help from an associate photographer. And an associate photographer is a a photographer who submitted his portfolio to Peter and you submit 20 shots and Peter has to agree on 15 and so he knows that your work is up to snuff and he so he is, feels confident enough to refer work to you mm-hmm. but that also comes with the option as an associate photographer to help coach the protege members so a protege member can find an associate in this area of, of the work he likes from the particular photographer and they work more one-on-one and we call that the wingman program so that's really educational for a lot of people because sometimes people freak out and they go like i'm not that good and i don't want to like submit it to peter and have a hundred people on a crew cast look at my stuff right so that's more like a personalized approach and that really helped people uh, build their business and build their portfolio so and then we have the four mentioned mentors, and that are associate photographers who help Peter and myself with the site uh, in coaching and training, showing up at trade shows, working a booth, uh, I don't know, anything, basically. And then I'm one of the mentors, like, in level, if you will. Mm-hmm. I just have, like, a different title because I 
help him out. So that's where the deputy came from. The deputy. He's the man. Right there. The, the deputy. The. Yes. Yeah, never shot the sheriff. You guys should make some sort of commercial. Like yeah, something. We should, we should yeah. do something you, you funny with that. have the opportunity to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So where should people go check out your work? Where do you want them to, to learn about you? Uh, my work uh, can be found at uh, mauriciager.com. Uh, there's my blog, too, and all the stuff I've put out there. Uh, I'm very active on Instagram, uh, Maurice underscore Jager. That's that soft J again coming yep. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I try to like sneak it in from time to time, but it's not that easy on so, the English. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a different language. They have different like tonations of and speech. Course, of course. So it's very difficult to sneak that into English. Right. You you say it beautifully. I he love it. Does it's like butter. I I practiced my name quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for you know being a part of the season. It's always it's always fun and also damaging to my liver to hang out with you. And yeah, see it's you. always fun to spend uh, time with you. <laughs> yeah, well, but you are dangerous, and that, I think that's what we like about you, actually. Yeah, okay, it's slightly dangerous. dangerous. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I don't mind being known as a dangerous dude, <laughs> although I did not shot the sheriff. You're you're not yet anyway. No, you're like no. the Liam Neeson of headshot photographers. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll yeah, take that. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah. I'm going to use that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to quote you on that, actually. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, you have to give him credit. Yeah. I will. And a royalty. Hey, credit where credit yeah. is due. Right. I'm not sure about yeah. the royalty yet. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. And to download this episode and all of season five, the whole hit season. us up at rggedupodcast.com where download you can it. download it instantly and then just binge it. it, 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 it uh, the blink of an eye. You can download this thing. Uh, probably not that fast. No. Especially if you don't have connection. And if you don't remember your password, you're not going to get the stuff. That's not how the internet works, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> and also on Hump Day, we publish a new episode. Hump Day. And it's awesome. Wait, Every Wednesday. Wednesday. Every Wednesday. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google A. Stitcher. Stitcher. MySpace. MySpace. Vine. Not Vine. But <laughs> it's not even how Vine works. Vine's dead. I know. Vine is totally dead. I don't dead. know how you resurrected Vine. Because I was looking for something to annoy you with, and that's one of the things I, I came up Rob, with. Rob, I don't get annoyed. Yes, you do. I, I also don't sleep. I just wait. <laughs> yeah, okay. I've ne- you've never seen me sleep. I have, too. You have not. I have pictures of you, mouth gaped, wide open, asleep That was in me waiting. Plane. Nope. That was me waiting. No, you're full on catching flies and snoring no, like crazy. Yeah. I have, I have plenty of proof, dude. None. All the proof. You have none proof. All the proof. You have none proof. All the proof. None proof. Bye, guys. I'm fascinated with Instagram. It's such a simple construct. Just take a picture and post it on the internet. The other day, I took a picture of my neighbor's pet rabbit. He told me not to post it, but, you know, I did anyway. Season 5 of the RGG EDU podcast is brought to you by Me Video, who starts each day with one simple goal to create really well made, easy to use travel tripods in a range of sizes and materials for today's on the go photographers. Me Photo, travel light, set up fast, have fun, be brilliant. <laughs>